In this mini-series, The UAE at 50, we examine how the relationship between the United Arab Emirates and the United Kingdom has developed over the past 50 years. Since its formation in 1971, the UAE has redeveloped its relationship with the UK, turning it into a close friend and strategic partner over the past five decades. Burgeoning business links and official ties between the two countries have been built on efforts to nurture cooperation over the years and that continue to today. I'm Leila Maghrebi and in this episode we take a look at the role diplomacy has played in reshaping the relationship between the UK and the UAE. We talk with the former British ambassador to the UAE, Sir Harold Walker, and the current Emirati ambassador to the UK, Mansour Abulhol. Sir Harold's insights are based on his long history with the country, having first been posted to the region in the 1950s as a Foreign Office junior official. I was ambassador from 81 to 85, which I must say was a very good time. The UAE was already thoroughly embedded. It was not like going to a new state with a lot of new state problems. There was a, there was a good relationship with the UK and I had very, very little problems. I just had good relations with locals and with the local British community, the local British business community. It was a happy time for me. I think the first thing about Sheikh Zayed was presence. He had tremendous presence. Um, he's quite a big man, slow speaking, but authoritative, good looking, uh, good use of the Arabic language. I think he was, he was um, a palpable presence and leader when you met him. So I think things were going pretty well. And um, physically, there was um, real help to the UAE in the, in the shape of the Trucial Oman Scouts, which had developed into the Abu Dhabi Defence Force. And I think the sheikhs, including Sheikh Zayed, were very, really very grateful to the British for having set up the Trucial Oman Scouts, which internally had provided the security for oil to be looked for, and externally had, at a certain time, of course, very much helped the UAE against rivals. I think there was some um, goodwill, even gratitude, on the part of the UAE government to the British. And the British, of course, had, um, I would say, even a sentimental interest in the UAE and a commercial interest. And our relationship was very thick all the way from political relationships through defence sales, ordinary sales, commerce, oil. It was a thick relationship and, and at the time going well. And we were lucky that we had Sheikh Zayed and Sheikh Rashid bin Said in Dubai who came together, created the UAE, with help, I must say, not being a sheikh myself, from some commoners like Khalifa Ahmed Swadi and um, Mahdi Tajer on the Dubai side. But these two sheikhs, the world owes them a lot. And I think it's fairly remarkable, really, that the UAE from the outset was very outward-looking, uh, notably, as I've already mentioned, in terms of aid to other countries, mainly, of course, Muslim and, and Arab countries. But it was outward-looking from the start. And now, I mean, the UAE is a leader in so many ways. If you look at the cabinet, how many other countries have a Minister of State for Happiness, a Minister for Women? I mean, the, the UAE is really, really go-ahead state. And it's all, it's all built up on, on those days. The leaders of the UAE have always been pretty forward-looking, I would say. Um, but I, don't, I can't sort of pinpoint particular move, moves that happened between the 80s and now to explain why we're now going for Mars, as opposed to just um, leading a, a normal state life. 
Um, but, but we have had extraordinarily good leadership in the UAE. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Sir Harold's insights are based on his long history with the country, having first been posted to the region in the 1950s as a Foreign Office junior official. When I first went in the late 50s, this is before oil, so um, there was in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, there was no public electricity, for example, no, no telephones. Um, we literally had to send messengers to get a message from one place to another. So the, the contrast is absolutely startling. And of course, along the way, with the very rapid um, increase in income from oil, there were some mistakes made. Uh, in personal terms, there were young men who drove their Mercedes and crashed, you know, I mean, there was some overspending. But uh, overall, it's a remarkable transformation that went very well and the people there managed it well. Perhaps I should add that, I mean, Sheikh Zayed himself was, was not a bureaucrat and he liked spending, he liked being generous and his government found it quite difficult to um, control his spending, I think. Over the decades, Sir Harold's personal experience with the UAE leadership has put him in a prime position to observe the changes in the UAE and UK's relationship. The exclusive relationship was gone, but we, we still had a good relationship, but we were not the only, the only power dealing with the UAE. The UAE had become of age, was dealing with the world equally, and we didn't have a particularly privileged position. Well, and now we have in, in London, as I'm sure you know, the Emirates Society, which um, exists to promote good relations, as it were, on a non-governmental level between the UAE and Britain. It seems to be going very well. We've had some excellent um, lectures. And um, I think the society is doing a good job in telling interested British people how the UAE is developing. One of the biggest events in any ambassadorship is their sovereign's royal visit. Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip made their first state visit to the UAE in 1979 and again in 2010. Unfortunately for Sir Harold, he wasn't there for either. I missed the royal visits, properly said, but in those days, if you remember, aircraft going to Australia had to refuel somewhere in the Gulf, so aircraft had to stop with members of the royal family on board in, in Abu Dhabi or Dubai. And I would you know, chat up the royal on passage. Um, I can remember Princess Margaret, I can remember the late Duke of Edinburgh, but I missed the actual the royal visit and I missed Mrs. Thatcher's visit. The relations between countries obviously are made up of myriad uh, factors and events and I think there's no doubt that the relationship between the British royal family and the ruling families in the Gulf has made a big, big difference. Which has led on, as you, as you alluded to, um, young sons going to Sandhurst. I mean, there is a, there is a pretty thick uh, personal relationship on top of the political one. Expo, I wish I was going. Um, the, I've seen pictures of the um, British Pavilion. Looks pretty impressive. But the whole thing looks pretty impressive. It'll be a real expo uh, in, the, in the way these things were originally designed. For a contemporary look at diplomacy's role in UAE-UK relations, we spoke with Mansour Abul Hall, current UAE ambassador to the UK, whose own family background exemplifies the increasing social bonds between the two countries. I think I should tell you a little bit about myself because I think it really for me on a personal level it, it brings two halves of my life together uh, because my father 
from the Emirates, from the Emirates of Dubai, and my mother uh, from Cambridge in the United Kingdom. Uh, and so in, in me, it really, the, the role that I do now brings two halves of my life together. But the, the relationship that you reference is one that I always see as an enduring relationship. It's one that goes back uh, a few hundred years. And it's one really that if you look, the, the juncture that I see in the relationship is the um, Treaty of Friendship that was signed by the late His Highness Sheikh Zayed um, uh, with the United Kingdom. And I think it, it's upon those, those levels, those values of, of between people uh, and being a, a trusted, reliable friend, uh, and one that um, you know we've supported one another to provide security in the region, but also to trade and prosperity. It's really, I mean, I always think that we're. It's quite interesting that there's a mer mercantile dimension. You know, there's a trading element to this that I think has has built bridges and links and prosperity. But it, at the end of the day, it comes back to the people connections. Like many Emiratis, Mansour Abul Hol chose an education in the UK, attending the Gordonstone Boarding School in Scotland. I visited my old uh, boarding school, I visited Gordonstone last week, in fact, and just passed because we were in Scotland. And uh, I had a wonderful tour and sort of saw the place, very much retains the excellent sort of environment, the outdoors sort of spirit. Um, but I had a, the, the, a student gave me a tour and he'd grown up in, he was born in Dubai and grown up in Dubai and that was his home and you know it's just we went to Gordonstone he'd chosen that so, but um, you know and that's the thing that you've got lots of British people who've grown up who've been born there grown up there and I think that's one you know those are the people who really know the place and it's it's either home for them or second home you know so it's you know imagine the, that connection you can't you can't beat the strength of that could can you one of the standout characteristics of the UAE-UK relationship is the fact that so many British people live in the country. For 100,000 British people that live in the Emirates and who have contributed to the lifestyle, to the culture, to the economy, uh, to, the, to, the, to the thought leadership that goes into making the place it is. And they're, they're, there'll be friendships with leadership, you know, there'll be uh, There'll be teachers within our school, so a big part of the whole society and makeup of the place, aside from the fact that it's very sort of intertwined with our own history, and, and that in itself provides uh, great strength. I think, you know, my parents, uh, my mother went to Dubai in 1968, she went to the Emirates in 1968 and decided to build a life with my father at the time who was working for the government. Uh, you know, it was a big step for her, um, but uh, you know, I think it's one that if you have the, that sort of those links in place and clearly they must have been there long, long before my parents were there. But, you know, she had that confidence that there were other people there and that confidence that it was a, a safe place where she could build a life, you know, with her, her husband. And likewise, my, my father, when he first came uh, to United Kingdom in the mid 60s, would have been for to improve his English. Um, and, you know, at the time, I think it was sort of fascinating for a young man to come and sort of visit United Kingdom and see a place so different to uh, the Emirates and what he had experienced growing up. And so that's interesting that, again, we see sort of the people connectivity that really drives this. But our leadership must have, 
must have had those and clearly had those friendship and links in the Emirates and many British curriculum schools. And then the aspiration of, uh, of our uh, countrymen and women wanting to come and study in the United Kingdom and we've got, we're blessed to have some very high achieving students that are studying here in the United Kingdom that really represent us really well. Given the history between the two countries, how does the ambassador see the future of this strong partnership developing? I think there was one thing I, that you can certainly uh, take from this is there was strategic thinking on both si sides, on, on the Emirates leadership side, but also United Kingdom as, as you know, in the 1950s, uh, the place emerged as a key uh, place for energy, uh, you know, and, and our leadership was thinking, uh, you know, how can we better um, the environment for our people and uh, embark upon sort of a develop development of a country uh, and, and so they, you know, they had trips here to the United Kingdom before the union was signed. And that sort of, that thinking was going into, you know, this is a place that is going to develop and we need to plan for the future. Uh, you know, and I think we can sort of draw a line right forward to the visit of the Crown Prince here in September, uh, which was, you know, a highly important visit um, and sort of redefining of where we want to take this relationship, where we want to take the future of this relationship. Um, uh, and they, they signed the Partnership for the Future, uh, which had a very strong um, prosperity pillar. They announced the Sovereign Investment Partnership, uh, investing in the UK uh, to the order of uh, £10 billion across various uh, pillars, life sciences, infrastructure, energy transition, technology. All the key things, you know, that the UAE is sort of thinking about in the future, but also the key things that the United Kingdom is a leader in. And so I think that that strategic sort of thinking is instilled in both countries and they take that forward, you know, going right back to 1969 when Sheikh visited here to, you know, the visit, the guest of government visit we had by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. So that's, I think that's fascinating that you can draw a direct thread between that and that must be the success in this relationship, it must lie in that. Um, and we're really blessed, I mean, my own role to be able to, to play a small part in this um, is wonderful, you know, and uh, um, I can only see sort of strength, uh, you know, in the relationship and sort of big plans to take this to the new level. There's so many areas of collaboration, energy transition, of course, which I think saw some big announcements by the UAE from Global Methane Pledge to aim for climate agricultural innovation mission to obviously um, it, it being announced that the UAE would, would host COP28 in 2023, which is a huge thing for, uh, I mean, aside from our net zero strategy, but they're coming thick and fast, all these announcements, but it shows our leadership and our ministers, you know, really thinking um, about the future and planning the next 50 years. Uh, and so that's come, you know, from right at the top. Uh, and we, you know, be it on climate or uh, using our foreign policy to serve our economic agenda, it's, there's a roadmap long, long ahead. And so uh, this is, you know, it's a great time for the UAE. And uh, yeah, I'm really blessed to be, as I say, I keep repeating this, but very privileged to be in the role that I am. Thank you to Sir Harold Walker and His Excellency Mansour Abudhol. I'm Leila Maghribi and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Recorded to listen to the full mini-series and follow The National to know more about the UAE at 50.